Hello and welcome to the January 2nd, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast of the new 2019 year. And of course, it's always good to have everybody here with me today, and it's wonderful to be back out there with you as well. So first and foremost, as I just said, it's 2019, and I'd like to officially wish everybody a happy and healthy brand new year, uh, hopefully for those of us who are suffering from a mental illness or dealing with a mental illness, uh, possibly not doing so well right now. This new 2019 year will allow us to better take control of whatever situation has been handed to us. Uh, We have another full year together, many more down the road to come. Uh, we will grow old together. Let's say it. Let's say it in that aspect. Um, but we certainly haven't gotten uh, too much to talk about over the last week or so because Mr. Joe hasn't been around. And honestly, everybody, the reason for the long hiatus is nothing more than um, eleven full days of vacationing. And when I say vacationing, I just mean simply off from work. Um, It was a nice stay at home, no doubt about that. I had a wonderful time with my family, but we certainly were not necessarily um, out and about vacationing the world, so to speak. You know, we just kind of hung around at home and did a few uh, little things here and there. We did see family and friends, but mainly because my kids were sick. My older son was sick the first part of the vacation, and my younger son got sick towards the end of the vacation. So we dealt with a lot of um, illnesses throughout. Uh, My wife is still not feeling great, and as a matter of fact, as she's suffering from a pretty bad cold that seems like it's been going on forever, she's incredibly pregnant (laughs) at this time of the um, pregnancy. So here we are in January. She got all of February, and then she'll be due in March. So um, I just can't believe how quickly this has gone. It's easy for me to say because I'm not the one carrying it. Uh, But before you know it, I'll have my fourth child and possibly my fourth nervous breakdown, (laughs) if we're being real. As a matter of fact, I don't even know how many breakdowns I had um, in the past. But one thing I can tell you, everybody, is that January for me is an extremely difficult time of year. And I say that only because of my history and the way that I recall feeling just about every single year. Now, those of us with bipolar disorder, we're going to usually have a rough time around the holidays no matter what. Uh, It doesn't matter how stable we might be, how well medicated we are. Those of us with addiction issues, 
sometimes it's a little harder for us to function through the holidays. I know me in the past, I always tried to remain clean for the holidays and it just never seemed to work. Usually I was too heavily addicted to something for uh, it to allow me to remain clean and sober throughout um, an entire vacation or let alone just a single day of a holiday. It was always difficult for me. Uh, but in terms of January, I will say this. This is, uh, this is the month in which um, I attempted suicide on two separate occasions. So um, one of them leading to a hospitalization. And then ultimately one which led to my father catching me before I actually went through with the act. Then another time, uh, I decided to come off all my medication, which ultimately, during that period, uh, it sent me to a uh, courtroom. Now, while it wasn't criminal court, it was family court. So a lot of bad things have gone on in January. And while I won't say this is bad, and we'll summarize some of the good, some of the bad, we'll get into it in a couple of minutes and see if we could find some common ground in which those of us who are listening and myself, we could figure out exactly why these things go on, uh, why it's this time of year. Is it seasonal? Is it just part of, you know, the bipolar swing, so to speak? How many of you out there around the months of December and January also suffer with some of these uh, difficult symptoms? Um, but w- what good would a podcast be from Mr. Joe without starting off by letting you know what kind of vacation I had from a tooth implant perspective? Come on, guys. You think I forgot about all this? Let's put it this way, guys. Uh, today is Wednesday, the 2nd. So over a week ago, Monday of last week, I found myself back in my surgeon's chair because I literally just could not take the pain anymore because the pain had surfaced to the tooth. They put me back on antibiotics, gave me an antiseptic mouthwash, and here we are uh, next week on Wednesday. While things have improved a little bit, it's still there, everybody. So something tremendously wrong is happening underneath that gum that I am just scared to expose and look at. Uh, uh, That's the progress. I mean, so as I mentioned, I believe in my last podcast, it's it's really just a waiting game at this point. I've now lost complete confidence in the fact that one of the ways in which this will sway will be a successful positive outcome. I do not feel that way anymore. I think I'm just counting down the time or the days in which this implant will ultimately fail, uh, or at least it, it will get to a point where I just can't take the pain any longer, and I'll have to go to a doctor or the dentist or the surgeon and take it from there and possibly follow up on what I was supposed to do or, you know, just take it from there, everybody. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I keep praying every day that this is going to get better, but... It certainly doesn't seem like it is going to. So anyway, my my vacation started out a little difficult in terms of my communication or my um, 
interactions with my ex-wife. I had asked her if, for the first time in six years, being that it is also on our divorce decree and divorce agreement, that every other year I'm supposed to have my children wake up with me on Christmas morning. And it's been six years since they have. And I asked if that could be done this year, and my ex-wife agreed to it. She said that was fine, so we made up a a, a temporary or tentative uh, arrangement for the vacation and, and to see exactly how things were going to transpire. It was rather simple. Um, she was going to, she does Christmas Eve with her family, and on the way back home from her family, she was going to drop the children off with me. They would be with me Christmas Eve. They would be with me Christmas Day to wake up, and they would stay with me up, up until the middle of the week, in which I will, would then celebrate my niece's birthday at a party place, in which my sister bought some tickets for the, for the kids, and we were really excited to go. I let my ex-wife know about all the plans, and she okayed everything. Well, uh, about 10 hours before Christmas Eve, she decided to negate on her plans, told me that she would not allow the children with me on Christmas morning because her father was dying and she wanted to spend this one last Christmas with her children in the morning. So, you know what, guys, rather than argue and fight, what am I going to do? I mean, it is what it is. It really is. So um, I ended up not seeing them Christmas Eve and not seeing them Christmas morning. Uh, and I went to pick them up Christmas Day. Uh, we went right to my mother and father's. My mother was drunk by, I would say, 10 a.m. We got there about 12, 12.30, possibly 1, but she was already completely smashed by the time we got there to the point where everybody... Now, I don't like to use foul language, but this is not going to sound... Um, I don't the, the word correct is not the right word to use. This is not going to sound realistic, unless, of course, I present it to you in the exact way that it was presented to myself and my family during Christmas Day. So we were not in my parents' home for more than 10 minutes, and it already started in the sense where, and let me paint the picture for you, my daughter is at the table, my wife is at the table, my older son and my younger son are kind of playing around on the floor. They really didn't know what the heck was going on, didn't hear anything. So my mother asked my wife about how her pregnancy is going, telling her she looks great and she's carrying so well and blah, blah, blah. And after that, it's all quiet. And my mother looks my wife directly in the face and she says, So where are your tits? My daughter, my daughter's face, I mean, it was priceless. I, I can't even begin to tell you um, the, the look on her face at that point in time. My wife was completely done at that point. I just could not believe that that came out of my mother's mouth. Now, for what it's worth, my wife's, my wife's boobs are actually a heck of a lot bigger than they normally are during this pregnancy. They were the last time as well. Um... So I don't know what my mother is talking about. Not that that's the appropriate way to approach a situation like that. 
nor is it really appropriate at all. You know, listen, I've always been very out and open with my family, so that would that would make a little bit more sense many, many years ago when I was drinking and smoking and I was okay with the crude, rude humor and, you know, the I'll say anything that wants to come out of my mouth mentality from my mother and maybe she presented it to my sister that way. Maybe it would have been a little bit more acceptable. It wouldn't have been out of the ordinary for her to say it and me to just accept it and move on. But Considering the fact that you had a, a young girl at the table, you know, a pregnant woman, myself, and we were 10 minutes into the visit, and already she's talking about my wife's boobs, um, just a little odd to me now. She also went ahead and told my wife how, how her face cleared up because it looked so horrible the last time she had seen her. So, you know, still my mother holds nothing back, lets uh, everybody know exactly what she's thinking and where she stands in every kind of a situation. So whatever, it was relatively inconsistently pleasant, to say the least, during the uh, time that I spent there. By 3.30, 4 o'clock, we were out the door. We went to my sister's, spent a couple hours there, and then headed back home because my children still had not had a chance to open their presents. Uh, at least from myself and my wife and Nolan, no, uh, my, uh, what's it called? My, uh, younger son. And, you know, we didn't get a chance to ex- exchange gifts between all of us. So we did that Christmas night. Now, as I had mentioned, tentative plans, or at least at this point now, since, um, the only thing my ex-wife did was remove the enjoyment of Christmas morning from myself and my family, um, at least in, in terms of being with my children, my older children, I figured all my other tentative plans were now finalized, finalized. But little did I know that during my drive to another state in which we were driving to so that we could celebrate with her family um, Christmas time, my older children were with me, and this, believe it or not, I have my time frame a little messed up, but this was actually before Christmas Eve, uh, the Friday before. So it was a lot of traveling for my older children. Christmas Eve, we went to another state, we came home, she picked them up on Christmas Eve morning, took out of her families. She was supposed to take them back Christmas Eve night, never did, and I had to pick them up Christmas Day. But moral of the story is, on my way to the family's home in another state, I spent a half hour straight texting with my ex-wife as she maliciously decided that the children were not going to my niece's birthday party. Didn't care. She said, nope, not going. I'm taking them out. I took off this whole vacation. I want my children home with me. Now, meanwhile, I was supposed to actually come home that night and set up my daughter's new TV, which that plan was still in place. So I, I just didn't know where she was coming from. None of it made sense. You know, I'm trying to communicate what I was saying, but the plan was go to the party and then come home late that night or, you know, early in the night, later in the afternoon and put up our daughter's TV. So what happened to that plan? She wouldn't even acknowledge that I said that. Just kept fighting with me. I want my children home. I'm coming to get them. I mean, it was just insane. Nevertheless, I won that battle. Uh, because, you know, there have been times I gave up my weekend with my children so she could take them to see their, her niece 
during birthday parties. So I was not having it. But like everything else, I went to a place completely bent out of shape and stressed out because of my ex-wife and her mean, malicious ways. Um, Just not cool at all. So what did I do for the 11 days in which Mr. Joe was home for vacation? Well, Mr. Joe's podcast is all about honesty, right? So we are going to be honest with each other about everything that we've done over this vacation. So what I will say to you is for 11 days straight, Mr. Joe did nothing but smoke marijuana or or eat marijuana. So I was basically high for about 11 days straight. And exactly like Mr. Joe had predicted, it was going to turn into something that it was not supposed to be. As a matter of fact, I found myself um, celebrating the vacation on more occasions than one. You know, today's vacation day number one. Today's Christmas Eve day. Oh, today's Christmas Day day. Today is New Year's Eve day. Today is Wednesday. Today is Friday. What a great day to smoke. I mean, every day was a different excuse as to why I needed to smoke marijuana. So I ended up getting high for an entire vacation from the morning until the evening hours. Um, Embarrassing? Yeah, to some extent because completely different as to why I intended to use my marijuana. So I'm not exactly doing the right thing. I will say this, I slept beautifully each and every night. That was not an issue. But here I am back at work, and I had anticipated that it was going to be a very anxiety-ridden day for me and also one in which I was craving marijuana. None of the two have amounted to anything realistic as I am not anxious in any way, shape, or form, and I am not too concerned about not having marijuana, although it did cross my mind already that I can't wait to go home and smoke. However, I will not be doing that, everybody, just so you know. It's time to take a break. So we're going to see how well Mr. Joe can manage. Remember, it's January. And let me tell you something, on on top of the suicidal attempts, on top of the medication management and uh, horrible things that I did in terms of coming on, coming off medications, and uh, that was one of the dreaded Cymbalta times in my life in which I didn't wean off properly. January's a big time, like I said. Well, another thing that January is very well known for, for me, is a time in which I start to experiment with new and old drugs and bring those things back into my life. So really what it comes down to, if I was to make a a overall assessment of what January is for me in terms of my bipolar, it is a heightened state, a heightened emergency state of bipolar disorder for Mr. Joe, in which all aspects of bipolar disorder come together whether that be uh, drug use, mania, inability to sleep, inability to get up, depression, cycling, uh, you know, everything, guys. Everything just kind of rolls into one, and it all seems to hit me around January. I'll tell you this also. Eating-wise, I have been an absolute disaster. I've never eaten like this before. It's like I just don't care. I just don't care. 
you know, over, especially when you're high. You know how many times I would get high? Well, you know how many times I would wake up in the morning and say, today's going to be a good day of eating. And I'd wake up, I'd have some egg whites and an avocado, then my next meal would be um, a protein bar, and then I'd have some grilled chicken. And before you knew it, I was rewarding myself for eating so well and saying, up, time to get high. And then once I was high, the good eating went right out the window, and all Mr. Joe would say to himself is, eh, who cares, it's just one more meal. Just one more piece of chocolate. And I don't like chocolate. I can't stand chocolate. I don't like cake. I don't like cookies. But let me tell you something. I did over these last 11 days. Didn't matter to me. I went from chocolate to pretzels to cake to Doritos. I mean, like a human sewer. That's really what Mr. Joe's 11 days were. Um, Listen, I was a little sad this morning leaving my wife. I have to tell you, we are an awesome team. Um, you know, there's never a time in which I dread being home for an extended period of time. Uh, unlike it was with my ex-wife where I would rather work than be home on a vacation. Unless of course it was just me and my children. That was a whole different story. Uh, but when it comes to my wife and my children now, um, you know, there's no other better place than being at home. And honestly, everybody, if I had not, here's the scary thing. Because there's no routine, and because I'm not getting up and working, and um, I don't have something to do in the plans, per se, every day, had I have not smoked marijuana, I could have envisioned these last 11 days being an absolute nightmare in terms of my overall anxiety and my restlessness and inability to focus and, you know, smoking marijuana took away all those things from me because when you're high, you don't care about any of those things. Kind of just sit around and make things up to do. So that's more or less what I did. Now, the times when I was not smoking, which is why I anticipated that today was going to be a rough go, I started to find myself becoming very restless, becoming very anxious, and just not feeling myself. So within a two-week or three-week maybe, time span, Mr. Joe has completely um, reverted back to his old ways of smoking marijuana. Uh, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Again, uh, you know, I know I'm repeating myself over and over again about this marijuana stuff, but I don't know, guys. I mean, if this is what right now is going to keep me stable, then by all means... Uh, I got to continue doing it. Now, to switch topics very quickly on another note, there are a couple of things I want to make a mention about. Uh, First and foremost, I have about 50 to 60 emails within my email inbox, all of which I had read throughout the entire vacation. I plan on writing every single one of you back. So please don't think that I'm ignoring you. It's just been a very busy time for Mr. Joe. I actually have one email in particular. It was rather long. Uh, And I do know at the end of the email, this individual did say that it was okay for me to bring up her name. And I have every intention of doing so once I confirm with this particular listener that it would be all right for me to read her entire email over the podcast, because I think it's really important that I do. Uh, Mr. Joe is always sharing his personal stuff with you, 
his challenges, his his positive outcomes, things that are just not going right, everything bipolar-related, everything drug-related, Mr. Joe shares with you. It's always a Mr. Joe story. Well, I think that it will be very helpful for everybody to hear the perspective of somebody else, somebody who is going through very much like what we are all going through, instability, a time in our lives when things just seem a little all over the place and crazy and It's very hard to get a grip on where we are. And this particular person even goes ahead and uses one of my catchphrases and indicates that she is desperately trying to soldier on. Um, And that's all I could ask of everybody is just soldier on. You know, do your best to soldier on if you are struggling right now. Um, And this person is absolutely soldiering as best as she possibly can. Uh, I will be writing to her later just to make sure that I can read her email. And that will be coming through within the next day or two. And I say that with complete confidence. And I'll tell you why. I've come up with a new plan for the gym. And my new plan is every day I am not going to go to the gym. I'm going to go every other day. That will allow me to get in a podcast every other day and allow me to work out on those alternating days and feel good about accomplishing both things. So we are going to be in contact and communication quite a bit um, moving forward for the new year, 2019. I'd also like to make mention of the fact that we are slowly but surely creeping up on our 100th episode, which is quite awesome. I have something pretty cool planned for that particular episode, um, which might change from now until then, so don't hold me to it. Uh, so we got a lot of great things going on, everybody, a lot of great things. I just, I, my, my hope is that everybody out there had a relatively normal or stable, well, you, you choose the word that best fits what you went through over this past couple of weeks around the holiday time, but... You know, I'm hoping that everybody had a relatively stable holiday. Um, I know me in the past, um, which was very different for me this year. And I've, I've talked about this quite a few times over the last year and how my ability to handle holidays has greatly improved. And it's interesting because I must have started so many fights and caused so many problems in the past during holidays that I almost feel when the holidays come like I'm missing something if I don't do that. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'm medicated now. So the medication allows me to think before I act a lot of times, not all the times, but a lot of times. And in this particular situation, and what I'm referring to is going to see family, you know, um, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, wherever it was, it was, it was amazing because based on wherever I was for that particular day, after, let's say, and I'll give you an example, my wife would indicate, all right, we got to get moving, you know, we're leaving in a half hour. As soon as I would get that prompt, it's almost like my brain would say, now is exactly when you start your attitude, start your fight, show her just how miserable you are about the fact that you have to go somewhere and ruin the holiday. And I have to tell you, I believe that I've done that for the last 20 years or so. For those of you who are still doing it, believe me, I understand 
Why? It's stressful. It's socializing. Sometimes it's us being around other people without our drug of choice. Uh, anxiety creeps in. You know, the holidays are a stressful time. And I have to assume the reason why January is such a stressful time for me is it's almost like the PTSD of Christmas. Seriously. I mean, what else could it be? Who knows? I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, it's it's the only explanation that I could come up with. Now, for New Year's Eve, just so everybody knows what Mr. Joe did, obviously a lot of smoking of marijuana. But, um, you know, my wife and I stayed home. We watched the ball drop from our own home. Uh, very laid back and very calm. It's really been the way that Mr. Joe has spent the last five or six years, I have to say. Um, now, let's see. Last January, which would have been 2017, obviously, I had just quit smoking marijuana. So I don't remember if I was high or not. But I'll tell you this, every single New Year's Eve before that, I was high. Because as I told everybody, I was managing my bipolar disorder with marijuana alone, which wasn't working too well. Because eventually, I lost my mind within a year's period of time. It got progressively worse. And how many times have I explained to you that I found myself up in my oldest son's room, bashing my head against a concrete fireplace wall and cutting myself And I got to tell you guys, man, thinking back, and it's so vivid, so clear in my mind as to what went on during that time, Um, specifically the very last situation in which I was up in the room and I was stabbing myself and cutting myself and bleeding and laughing and crying and, you know, going through these mixed episodes and calling suicide hotlines and begging my wife for forgiveness and talking on Twitter to people and reaching out to them and trying to uh, get support, but then finding other bipolar people who appeared to only wanted to have an unfaithful relationship. I mean, uh, this is all true, guys, you know, and me almost succumbing to it because I'm like, hey, you know, maybe this will make me feel better. I'll have an online romance for the next five, ten minutes. Um, which obviously I never moved forward and went uh, and did because I was probably too busy crying during that period of time. But whatever it is, a light bulb went off and I realized that I ultimately did not want my youngest child to go through the same things that my two older ones went through. Now, my two older ones can enjoy their father for the most part seeing him in a very stable light. A man that's not crying in front of them, not sleeping each and every day, not screaming, not yelling, not banging doors, not punching holes. They saw all that for many, many years. Now they can enjoy a dad as they're grown up while these things would undoubtedly remain in their head for a hell of a lot longer if they were older. I have to assume that being younger, they still remember these things. So it's been my motivation, to say the least, to not have my youngest guy, Mickey, grow up the way that my older two ones grew up and not see see his father-like. 
the way that I once was. Because when he was first born, I was acting that same way. You know, the, the person who thought that he was completely stable, wrecking apartments, flipping over tables. And what does it come down to, everybody? And, 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 and let's, let's, let's figure it out once and for all based on where we are today. Here are the facts. Mr. Joe is a drug addict. Mr. Joe has resumed smoking marijuana. Mr. Joe is not hurting anybody, but Mr. Joe also knows in the back of his mind that smoking marijuana can sometimes lead to bigger and better or quote-unquote better things. Mr. Joe is abusing marijuana, but for the most part, Mr. Joe does feel relatively stable. And the summary here, and I have been trying to say this for so many episodes, for an entire year, that even with all those lingering issues that Mr. Joe has, There is one thing that I have done over this past year that has changed my life, completely changed my life for the better, and that is go on medication for bipolar disorder. Now, am I going to reverse all these wonderful effects by smoking marijuana and slowly but surely start to lose my mind again? I don't know, but I'll tell you this, you guys will be around to hear it if I do. But I will say this, for basically an entire year, yes, there have been situations. If there weren't situations, I would have nothing to podcast on. But I look at it it all as a success. Number one, because I wasn't hospitalized. Number two, because I didn't find myself back in a drug rehab. And number three... Because for the most part, I'm able to function each and every day with my family and with my job, which are two very important things. Now, I have to catch up, do a little bit of catching up when it comes to my own self and getting myself back on track and making sure that I remain healthy and eat the right things and go back to the gym and do all the things that I need to do that make me, you know, be a better person, so to speak. But for the most part, This last year has been manageable. And I don't know how many times, guys, I can repeat to you. I'm the same man, the same person that has done all the same things that you have all done. The same man that has stolen, that has cheated, that has fought, that has argued that has abused drugs, that has wrecked property, destroyed things, ran away, drove in circles, drove to places that I never knew I was actually going to, apologized over and over to people after my stupid actions. This is the same Mr. Joe that did those things for decades, which is why so many of you can relate to me. But a good portion of you who say that you relate to me are still kind of going through some of those things that Mr. Joe speaks about that he went through. 
and I have to question you on this aspect. Don't you want to end that vicious cycle? It may not all go away. We're never going to be normal, everybody. We're always going to have bipolar disorder. But I can tell you this, and this is my summarization for the year of 2018 to start the year of 2019, something that I have said time and time again, and I'm going to make it very, very clear to all my listeners that medication, without a doubt, with 100% certainty, has changed my life for the better. Medication has not cured my bipolar disorder. That's never going to be cured, but it's allowed my symptoms to be manageable, for me to deal with life, for me to have more stable days than unstable days, and for me to remain a relatively productive person who is not only not hurting themselves, but not hurting the people that he loves. So for those of you who are still going through these vicious cycles, it can get better. It can be less. It can be less significant in terms of the duration, the intensity. All those things can start to get better. If you just go to see a doctor and get yourself on some medication, okay? said it a million times, and I'll say it again. Get yourself on medication because Mr. Joe will say for the year 2019, the best decision that I ever made in the 43 years that I've been on the face of this earth was to finally acknowledge the fact that all those things that I was doing that led to the self-injurious behavior, the fighting, the screaming, the breaking, the, 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 the drug abuse, the lack of sleep, the sleeping too much, the intolerable mood swings. The best way for me to manage those things was to go on medication. And again, while they'll never be perfect, they've become much more manageable. For, 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 for the year 2019, I will say again, make medication part of your regimen if at all possible, and hopefully some other things will start to fall into place. I really, I really hope that. Now, listen, Mr. Joe has been all the things that I just described, the animalistic wackadoo that many of you already are, and I tried to go on medication to fix all those things. And I thought many, many years ago that just by going on certain medications that would eliminate the drug cravings, that would immediately fix what was going on in my mind. It would just make me a better person. And, well, you know what? Because I was inconsistent with my doctors, because I was not on the right medications, because I didn't care to monitor my medications, and because I never chose to get the help that I needed in terms of my addictions and figured they would just go away, well, for the most part, those were four years of even worse behavior of me not being on medication, suffering from depersonalization disorder, suffering from um, depression and, 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 and um, mania, 
and more and more drug addiction, all while being on medicine. So I, I guess... You know, what I'm trying to say is that medicine is not always the answer, but it can be the answer if it's done properly. If you talk to your doctor, give them all the symptoms, everything that you're dealing with, and most importantly, and I think this was Mr. Joe's biggest mistake, thinking back. My biggest mistake was trying to manage all those medications. And although I was clean from the cocaine at this point in time, I dipped into the Oxycontin. I was still smoking marijuana. I was on Suboxone. I was a disaster. I was never truly clean. Never. Never truly clean. That was probably my biggest mistake. So I, I, I don't think that I've ever offered this advice because I talk more about bipolar disorder than the addiction part. But for Mr. Joe, let me say this. Medication really never worked for me until I learned how to control my addictions. That's the God's honest truth. Now, maybe the medicine I'm on right now allowed me to manage my addictions just a little bit better because it has stabilized my mind And the old medicines that I was on were not working and they were just making things worse. So I kept reaching for drugs to try to stabilize myself. But if you really look at the overall picture, my biggest problem was I thought medicine alone was going to solve all my issues. That I wouldn't have to talk to somebody, that I wouldn't have to communicate with my doctor, that I wouldn't have to fix my drug addictions. And I just kind of waited and allowed everything to work. And guess what? It never worked. Eventually, you will hit rock bottom. What that rock bottom is, I don't know. I thought I had hit it so many times. I still don't even know what my rock bottom is. I mean, I could sit here and say my rock bottom was the time I tried to hang myself. But it wasn't because so many other things happened after that. Because here is the deal. You will have... Endless rock bottoms for as long as you go unmedicated. As soon as you become medicated, I promise you that if you have not experienced your rock bottom as of yet, once you become medicated, you will finally experience that rock bottom and you'll be able to move forward. Does that make sense? It's almost like what I'm trying to say is your rock bottoms, not going to happen because you're medicated, but because you're now ready to move forward as a medicated adult and manage your moods through medication, which we all know managing our moods alone without medication just simply doesn't work when you have bipolar disorder. But once you get a grasp on reality, get a grasp on your life, I could almost guarantee you that whatever rock bottom you just hit, it's going to go away. That'll be the last one you hit. You'll have challenging moments, but the rock bottoms will stop. You will stop saying to yourself, I thought I hit rock bottom, but apparently this one was the rock bottom. So here we go again. Your rock bottoms will stop. And you will eventually learn to live a relatively stable life like Mr. Joe. 
So those are my wishes for the year of 2019. Do I have any New Year's resolutions? No, I don't. Mr. Joe is not big on New Year's resolutions. I'm not. Um, But what I can say is that I'll continue to report on how I feel. We'll continue to work together as a podcast family and hopefully make the best out of our new 2019 year. Now, I will be back, not tomorrow, but the next day. Um, I will be writing to most of my emailers later today. Um, So again, if I haven't included you, please don't think that I've forgotten you. I will get out back to everybody out there. Um, And I most importantly would like to find out whether or not I can read that email over my podcast because it is something special. It really is. It is something special, everybody. So for now, hang tight. Be back in a couple of days. I got to tell you again, it is so good to be back. I missed you guys so much. I hope you missed my my voice as well. Um, But but we're back. We're ready to rock and roll, everybody. So, of course, if you have any questions, you could always reach out, MrJoeBP at Yahoo.com. Otherwise, you could find me on Twitter, MrBipolarJoe. And everybody have a great day. I'll talk to you again in approximately two days. In closing, I want to say, if you are currently living with a mental illness and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you are love or you care about somebody with a mental illness or a drug addiction, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to fight, continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. I'll see you again in two days.